Welcome to the Live 1002 podcast, where simple actions are multiplying into extraordinary impact around the world when we live Luke 10 verse 2. Joining us today to talk about what God is doing in the midst of quarantine is Remy Adelecki from Southern California, a former drug dealer to Navy SEAL to Hollywood actor to book author. We'll have a conversation about what does it look like and mean to live as a believer in these current events. The blessing in all of this is there's a lot more conversation happening. I think uh, I was uh, on an interview earlier today, and one thing that I said was, in order for there to be unity, there has to be mutual understanding. Not agreement. You, we don't have to agree um, but there needs to be some level of understanding. And uh, I think with all of the conversations that people are now having churches, um, people outside the churches, um, I know Stephen Furtick and, and John Gray, they did a big conversation that's going all over on, uh, from Elevation Worship. So that's the blessing. We're talking more. And uh, again, understanding is the first step to unity. So, Amen. So for those who haven't seen places that you share your story, such as your I Am Second film, would you share just a little bit of it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So my uh, I Am Second film focuses on my testimony going from um, being born in Nigeria um, uh, and, and riches and wealth and then losing everything. My father died and moving to New York City and growing up in the Bronx and um, finding my identity uh, in, in the streets and uh, finding my identity and, 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 you know, selling drugs and hip hop and all of the things that, you know, a lot of young African-Americans fall into instead of finding my identity in Christ. And then, um, you know, eventually through the hand of God, you know, moving miraculously, um, meeting a recruiter who snuck me into the Navy and then, you know, found this, this career uh, in special operations as a SEAL. Um, and it was a, it was during that time that, you know, I hit rock bottom. You know, I had so much, um, I had accomplished in my mind, I had accomplished so much that, you know, uh, there was a level of pride that rose up in me that was really unhealthy. Um, but, you know, as the Bible says, you know, God, you know, uh, he exalts the humble and he, you know, he brings down the proud and, you know, he really brought me down to a, 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 a real, a place where I needed him, you know, and that's when I cried out to the Lord and, came to Christ and everything changed for me. And that's when I really began to experience what life was about, you know, which is serving the Lord and, and serving people and not serving myself and, you know, hurting people. And, you know, moved on in my career as a SEAL, you know, uh, and, and, and a Christian. And, and then uh, in 2016, at this point, you know, I was married going on four years and, uh, well, no, married 2011. So yeah, uh, five years and uh, had two boys and, you know, having my dad die when I was five, you know, I, I, I felt like I needed to be around. And so that's when I, uh, I you know, I decided to get out of the Navy and find my way, my, my way into Hollywood, you know, and uh, I, I always had to find my way into Hollywood. Hollywood found its way to me and uh, was blessed with this career in acting and consulting and, and now writing films and TV shows. And, and here we are today. So good. In this time of current events, mm -hmm. the, both the global pandemic and these mm -hmm. racial, the tensions, the conversations that need to be happening mm -hmm. being stirred, how has your response been different now as a believer than, let's say, if this was all happening before you were a follower of Jesus? How does that impact uh, your decisions? It's a good question. 
you know, I've been I've been saved since uh, 2008, so that's 12 years now. I did face a lot of racial. I've faced racial stuff throughout my entire life. How I handled it before was probably anger, and then I would say I'm just I'm thinking of a specific event right now. Eventually, I was of the mindset is that of that this is the world, right? This is the world that I live in. It's never going to change, right? Now I am of the mindset that I don't feel as angry as I used to because I feel like that I'm the agent of change, right? So before it was like things could never change, but now I feel like, okay, I have a platform to initiate or uh, play a role in change. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, So that's how my faith is, you know, I feel like God has equipped me, you know, not just for specific gifts, but he's allowed me to experience the things I've experienced to give me the platform that I have, right? This platform and, and working in Hollywood, this platform as a Navy SEAL, this platform as a speaker, it's all a platform um, that that I now have to be an agent of change. So now, you know, I'm not just angry and, and, and of the hopeless mindset that things will never change. I am, I still, I still do get upset. But, you know, I don't let I don't hold uh, to that anger. And I realize that now I can do something about all of this stuff going on. You know, I don't have to just sit and be angry. Like I am that agent of change. I don't have to be hopeless. Amen. How has your different job experiences from being a former Navy SEAL to actor, Hollywood movies, author, mm-hmm. how have the lessons and the things you've learned in those seasons shaped the decisions that you're making right now or lessons that you're really applying in the midst of these current events? Well, you know, in the SEAL teams, one thing I always learned is, you know, always be prepared, right? Train in peacetime so you're ready for war, right? So um, just naturally, I've just always been prepared for what's coming next, even though I didn't know what was coming next. And so I didn't know COVID was going to hit, but just using the gym as an example, you know, I, I built up my home gym. You know what I mean? Not knowing that COVID was going to hit and I would work out of my home gym from time to time so that when COVID hit, I had a place to still maintain my routine because, you know, routine is really, really important. It's very, very healthy to have a routine. And, you know, for me, fitness is a huge part of my routine because it really helps me think. It helps me write. It helps me think. It helps me process things. I get so many ideas and I work out. So to not be able to have that, you know, it, it throws me off. So, I was able to still have that because I prepared in peacetime. So when the war, the Corona war came, I was ready for it. Uh, And that's just one of many, many examples. Um, And then, you know, another thing that I've learned, and this is not necessarily as it relates to the SEAL teams, acting, all the way that stuff, but finding the blessing and the curse, as I said earlier, right? And so everything happens for a reason. And yes, it's, I've lost so much work because of the coronavirus. However, I've gained so much more than I've lost. Case in point, my, my kids, I've been able to spend so much more time with my kids now than I ever have been able to spend. I was able to teach my kids how to ride bikes in two weeks. And, you know, I didn't have time to do that beforehand. Um, my son was struggling in school and, and, and the teachers were talking about holding him back. And, you know, I'm a writer. You know, he, he was struggling in the area he was struggling in the most was reading and writing. And here I am, a writer, and, uh, and and I was able to take him under my wing and use that time to teach him. Now he's reading really, really well. He's, he graduated, um, and now he's going to the first grade. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I say all that to say, you know, the blessing in it is I've had the time. You know, I just got hired to, to turn a book into a TV show. 
And I, and looking back at the way it all came together, I don't know how it would have worked out if coronavirus didn't hit. Um, but I know it worked out <laughs> um, with all of these things that are going on. You know, I, I wrote uh, I wrote a film, and now you know I was talking to my agent yesterday, and my agent was just pointing to the fact that this film that you wrote that has to deal with you know uh, racial inequality. It may have been hard to get it made then, but now with all that's going on now, it's probably going to be easier to get this, you know, to an executive that would be willing to take a risk on it because this is a, because this film speaks to what's going on. So, you know, it's the blessing and the curse, right? Like everybody has a term, you know, it's a cup half full or a cup half empty. You can look at it either way and I tend to try and look at things, you know, half full. God turning obstacles into opportunities. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something that uh, when we were having dinner with your wife and your youngest son after yeah. Mandate West, uh, there, we were just talking. There's something that you said that has always stuck with me. You talked about how God brings seasons of a lot of deep inner growth. And you shared that with such humility and gratitude for something that sounds painful at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even in the midst of so many visible accomplishments that God has blessed and, and done through you, those times of inner growth that just spoke of so much of what the Lord just does internally. It makes me think about how with these current events, there's things that need to change and be accomplished externally. Yeah. But if we don't have the internal growth and you know shifts in our worldviews and in our hearts, then the changes won't sustain and other external issues will pop up. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you've done and that you've seen to be really important that has helped in seeing that lasting interchange happen? For me, it's looking back to all of the things that God has brought me through in the past, right? And, and, and looking at all of the negative things, negative things that I've gone through and however, seeing how those negative things, have, they made me better or they, they were, they turned out to be not as bad as I thought they were, but they turned out to be a blessing. So how do I ensure lasting change in the middle of a situation like this is, you know, I, I remember about the goodness and the faithfulness of God and that, you know, regardless of what I'm going through, you know, he is faithful. You know, that's, that's what brings me through. That's what keeps me rooted. I don't really want to say an analogy, but there's a story in the Bible where the Israelites just come out of Israel and the Amalekites attack, attack them. And God tells Moses, go to the top of the mountain. And he tells Moses, when you get there, as long as you keep the staff of God in the air, the Israelites are going to win the battle. But as soon as you drop the staff of God, the Israelites are going to lose the battle. And, you know, just as God said, you know, as Moses kept the staff of God in the air, the Israelites were winning. But when he dropped it, the Israelites were losing. And then finally his brother and sister came up the mountain to help, helped, you know, hold his arms up so that he can um, so that they can keep the rod up and, and the Israelites defeated the Malachites. And you know what I love about that story is it, it points to this it points to partnership, this idea of partnership that, you know, God is not like a Santa Claus, right? He is a partner. You know, he gives us the wisdom, he gives us the understanding, he puts us in specific situations so that we can have that lasting change, but we have to do our part, right? So how do we ensure that lasting change? We have to do our part. Everything we need, God has already given us. And, and part of that, for me, it's like, you know, how do you maintain that lasting, that lasting change? You gotta get in the word. 
got to pray. You got to remember the promises of God. You got to remember what God has brought you through in the past. Um, you have to remember that God has a plan. At the end of the day, the battle's already won. You just have to remember all of these things, and you have to action all of these things. And you got to take the steps to say, you know what? Today, I'm not going to be negative. Um, today, I'm going to be positive. Today, I'm going to, you know, meditate on, on the Lord and because of the goodness of God. Today, I'm not going to watch or listen to anything that's going to bring me into a negative place. I'm not going to watch the news, right? That's part of us doing our part. You know, um, instead, you know, I'm going to put on worship music and just listen to, to, to worship songs so that, you know, I get myself in the, into the right place. Again, God, is he's, he does his part by giving us everything we need. We just have to do the work. So how do we, again, just to kind of, you know, drive on this point, how do we maintain that that change or create that change is simply simply and i listen to a bunch of things and there are other things that can be done but simply do your part you know god is not a santa claus you got to do your part really yeah. good mm-hmm. yeah if we all did our part i mean <laughs> the world would be totally changed oh yeah and that's the issue with the, what you know that's one of the issues i believe with the churches especially in the united states is you know we we don't do our part, right? We or we or we do part of our part, right? <laughs> we do part of our part. We check the box and we go to church on Sunday or we read the Bible here and there, but we don't really, you know, meditate on on, on the Holy Spirit, listen to His guidance, move as He, you know, calls all of us to move. Imagine if every, you know, Christian operated completely as led by the Holy Spirit, like this world would not be what it what it is. Um, and and the, the issue is we put limits on God or we don't listen to the Holy Spirit and, you know, and, and we are in a situation where right now, I, you know, I, I think, you know, a big part of the problem in America, a lot of the church puts so much emphasis on politics. You know, it's like politics have become God or the space for God. I was having a conversation with a Christian on uh, Twitter the other day uh, and, you know, we talk about politics, so to speak. And, you know, I was just like, hey, and I said, man, it's not about that. Like the enemy will use politics to deceive us and to make us believe, okay, you need to put your faith in this political figure. You need to put your faith in this political group or not. Everything's going to fall apart. And, you know, a lot of Christians in America have done that. And I think that's really, really dangerous. And, and you know, a, a scripture that comes to mind is, um, is in Matthew um, where uh, the Bible says, he knew, speaking of Pontius Pilate, he knew very well that the religious leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as he was sitting on a, on, on, a, on a judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, leave that innocent man alone. I suffered through a terrible nightmare about him last night. So, and that story is clear. Like, Pontius Pilate was a politician, right? He had the truth. He had the truth because his wife had a vision from God. And God said, the word from God was leave him alone. He's an innocent man, right? You know, God's plan was for Jesus to be crushed, but, you know, God still tries to warn and, and teach, and, and, and he allowed that story to be, to be in the Bible for a reason. You know, he allowed this woman to be impressed upon by the Holy Spirit so that she would go to her husband, who was a politician, and say, don't do this. It's not right. Like, and, and, and so he knew the truth, you know, physically, because he didn't feel like Jesus was was a corrupted man, but he got a word from God. And so, but instead he chose the side of politics. He chose, let me make a political decision by executing Jesus 
because you know this is what the people want this is what a vast majority wants so let me listen to the people and play this political game instead of listening listen to god and and we saw how that worked out again it was all part of god's plan for jesus to be crushed but that's a great story that illustrates the importance of not allowing politics to be your god allowing god to stay your god we got to do our part yeah that's how i got to we got to do our part you know christians can't just do part of a part you got to do the whole part that God is giving you because God is always constantly, continuously, daily, minute, second, nanosecond, by nanosecond doing his part, right? You know, by just letting you breathe, that's him doing his part. Okay, what are you going to do with that breath that he's giving you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. yeah, so good. Part of doing our part, you know, God has called us to make disciples, to share the gospel. You know, that's part of God's mission and his heart for us to do yeah bringing his heart, you know, to the people around us. Mm-hmm. Where do you see, uh, like, seeking justice and standing up for the oppressed, fitting mm-hmm. into sharing the gospel and making disciples? Uh, 100%. I think at the end of the day, it's, it's the heart of Jesus, right? When we look at the gospels and we look at who Jesus was and what he did, you know, he was for the oppressed, right? He was for the outcast. He was for the woman at the well. You know, you know, he was uh, for the good Samaritan, right? You know, he was for just all of these these people on the outside. You know, he was for to look at the twelve disciples, right? They were people. You know, look at Matthew, the tax collector, uh, and and his heart is people, and you know, and another thing about Jesus is he met people's needs sometimes before he. Met, you know, before he preached, before he, he fed the 5,000, he healed so many people and, and just did so many things that, that opened the door for him to preach the gospel, right? And I think that's another place where Christians got it wrong, get it wrong sometimes is we feel like the need to preach, preach, preach first or tell people you need to get saved. And it's like, no, how about you meet their needs? How about you, you know, give them a cup of water? How about you go walk, you know, walk and peacefully protest alongside them. You know, how about you, you know, and the list goes on and on and on. And in doing that, you know, you build these relationships that opens the door for you to share Christ. You know, it's like, you know, I think they go hand in hand. I think meeting people's needs and advocating for the oppressed, that's where people see you and they're like, oh, wow, I want to know more about, about you. And I think that that's where, you know, you know, my ministry has grown is, you know, I've, I've, I walk in so many different circles from Hollywood to military to politics to all the, I'm in all these different circles, right? And I've just learned from being in all of these different circles is that, you know, just be a friend, be there, you know, be present and, and build relationship. And through the building of that relationship, when God tells you to share something, you know, share it. Or, and most of the times I'm in this situation, these situations, I never even have to bring it up. Like people just ask me sometimes, Remy, like, tell me about your faith. Tell me about Jesus. Like, I'm not a Christian. I'm an atheist. I'm this, I'm that. But, you know, I find it interesting the way you are. And I've gotten to know you. So I want to know, right? And so it opens the door. But again, it all comes from me being there and, you know, doing what I do with excellence and, and, and being willing to be an ear and being a help, you know, meeting whatever physical needs I can meet. And uh, the rest kind of falls into place. So, yeah, it's important for Christians to advocate for the oppressed. It's important for, for Christians to advocate um, for, you know, um, 
you know, for, for the changing of laws and, you know, advocate for the end of police brutality and ad- advocate for uh, the end of black on black uh, violence and, and white on black violence and, and you know, and, and Hispanic on Hispanic violence and all of these things, you know, so. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Absolutely. What are some of the practical ways that we can do our part as believers in these current events? Use whatever platform you have to speak out. But when you do speak out, make sure it's in a very intelligent uh, and uh, calm and unifying way. That's, that's, that's one way. Show that you care, as you said earlier, to, you know, get educated as much as you can on the facts so that when you share, you, you know, you're, you're not just sharing out of a place of, of your personal opinion, but you're sharing out of, you know, actual facts. Uh, and, and, and at the same time, your experiences, because I, I truly believe that experiences uh, are very, very important. Get out there and protest alongside others, you know, and that's that's something that's, you know, huge. Use social media, what you're doing right now, with, you know, bringing me on your show to talk about it. You know, that's huge, you know, especially now where a lot of people can't be out and about, you know, use technology to, to, to be a voice. Um, those are the first things that come to mind. Uh, and vote, you know, vote. I mean, that's another thing. Vote, get out there, vote. Like, you know, um, don't just protest, but vote. You know, write your your, your senators and con- congressmen and women, and, and you know, let them know, hey, things need to change. You know, don't just. And that's one of my fears with all of this is that people are going to protest, 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 protest. Things are going to end. People are going to go back to their everyday life, and then nothing is going to be done. Right? They're not going to vote or they're not going to continue advocating. It's just going to sit, you know, I, 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 that's one of my fears before all of this. Absolutely. That's good wisdom in being proactive. Yeah. It makes me think as, as we pursue the heart of God, which is for justice for the oppressed, yeah. to mm-hmm. do it with the character of God, you know, yeah. the ways that, that he would so good. I can just, I'm thinking through examples for yeah. myself. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So as we wrap up, Remy, is there anything else that you would like to share? The way we get to unity, one of the steps towards unity is understanding. You got to be willing to, you know, step outside of your box and understand another perspective um, and vice versa. And you got to be willing to hold uh, those because we live in a very tribal society, right, where it's all about me and my tribe and me and my group. And, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's the way life is. But you got to be willing to, you know, um, one, you know, hold hold your leaders within your tribe accountable um, because that's one way to unity, in my, my opinion. And two, you know, be willing to extend an olive branch to another tribe, another group who's not like you. And, you know, that's going to be another step towards unity. But again, a lot of it comes back to understanding. So good. And as we share the gospel and make disciples who make disciples, to have these conversations with them, to, to mm-hmm. impact their lives on the individual level. If we see yeah. that play out, we can change neighborhoods, cities, and nations. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Amen. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Remy. It was great. Oh, thank you for having me on, Mary. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to the Live 1002 podcast. To hear more of Remy's story, go to IamSecond.com or check out his book, Transformed. Join us as we live Luke 10, verse 2, until there is no place left. 
resources on making disciples who make disciples can be found at www.live1002.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, feel free to rate it, leave a comment, subscribe, and share with a friend. What is one thing you can do this week to engage in gospel conversations around the racial tensions?